Hi, folks. This is episode six, and I am Charlie. We have an interview with Mike this week. I find both comfort and inspiration in Mike's story because he is a very disciplined person who is obviously strong-willed, but even he struggled with staying off the stuff. Yet he kept at it despite some minor setbacks. I got my first message through the website this week, as well as several emails from listeners. Thank you. Our rights. Hey, Charlie, I've been recently listening to your podcast, and I hope you find a way to keep this going. People need to be aware of this addictive properties that this drug, yes, I believe it's a drug, has. Kratom literally took me to the brink of absolute hopelessness. M writes, quote, I've been on Kratom for four years, and I am now quitting. I'm on day five. It's such a horrible addictive substance, and people will die on that Kratom hill talking about how it's not addictive, unquote. Stay strong on those quits, and it means the world to me that you find this effort helpful. I am right with you. I am about two and a half months off the sludge. I did get some feedback, though. One gentleman wrote on social media, in part, not going to argue with me. That's because you are an FDA shill. You're not even getting paid for that stupid podcast. Bless your heart, sir. This is a good segue. We actually have a new sponsor to announce this week. The Kratom Sobriety Podcast is brought to you by the Federal Food and Drug Administration. Did you know that every time somebody quits Kratom, the FDA gets paid $1,000 from Big Pharma? We are thrilled this podcast is spreading misinformation about the true nature of this humble plant, including the FDA's false warning that, quote, Kratom, which affects the same opiate brain receptors as morphine, appears to have properties that expose users to the risk of addiction, abuse, and dependence, unquote. All kidding aside, and to be fair, Kratom is not the only substance marketed in a positive way to customers. Booze is the biggest culprit. Watch any Super Bowl. Alcohol, based on the advertising messages, is needed to barbecue or to be attractive, pop the champagne at the wedding, bring a six-pack over to a buddy needing to talk, ad nauseum. This got me thinking. This is up to us to kick Kratom and stay quit. There's no Calvary coming to rescue us. The only way to feel better and to recover is not to put this drug in our bodies. But we are not islands, and we do interact with the larger culture and society. The book by Annie Grace, This Naked Mind, is brilliant in helping the reader deprogram themselves from all the booze marketing messages. We need to do a similar cognitive restructuring for Kratom to keep clean. The way this substance was promoted to us included four main lies. One, Kratom is non-addictive. If we keep internalizing this falsehood, we can't take charge of our own lives. We need to reject this deception and eject it from all our thinking. Two, it is natural and herbal. This is appealing to nature, to brainwash us to think this is inherently safe. For us, it is a poison. Three, lack of side effects. Oh, it is just like coffee. There are little downsides. Believe in your own experience. You are not making things up. There were major negatives to taking the substance. Four, it's legal. Just because it's permitted to be sold doesn't make it harmless. Make a conscious choice to voice your objection to Kratom and refuse to spend any more of your money on the substance. I would definitely check out the book, This Naked Mind, about how Annie Grace does similar deprogramming around booze. Corporations do this with all sorts of products, but this podcast is about the cray-cray. Whenever we have a problem in life, a major part of the distress it causes is often the story we tell ourselves about it, even after we overcome it. Going this naked mind on Kratom could be a big step in our recovery.
Hello, this week we welcome Mike to the show. Um, Mike, when I heard his story, I was very impressed by him. Uh, I could tell that he really had his stuff together, maybe in many cases a lot more than me. And But I heard about his struggle to quit over multiple years. Um, and it just kind of shows you even when you excel in certain areas of your life and uh, you have a sexual life, sometimes the, the quitting Kratom can be hard. Um, so, Mike, uh, could you introduce yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I started using Kratom, I think I was 24, yeah, 24 years old uh, back in 2014. Um, and at that time, I was just getting into my professional career um, and had kind of, uh, I would say, was in kind of a critical point in my life, um, starting to pick up like new responsibilities, new work, um, was really busy working a ton of hours uh, and pretty stressed at that point in my life. Um, and I'd never heard of Kratom. A girl I was dating at the time actually introduced me to it. Um, we were just looking for some kind of alternative to, you know, drinking or, you know, any of the illegal drugs. Um, and I'd, I'd never had a problem with substances at all. And honestly, I felt kind of invincible at that age. And I think a lot of people do um, in their late teens, early 20s. Um, didn't think there was anything that was really even too risky about trying a substance or something like that. Cause like I say, I'd never had any experience with addiction or anything like that. Um, so started trying it, um, just the periodic use. I would take it and go on these long walks through the city after work when I was, after I was, you know, had had a long stressful day and would use it to kind of unwind and just zone out, um, those sorts of things. And, um, for a while it kind of stuck with that once, twice a use, twice a week sort of use. And then, classic story, uh, just picked up, became kind of a daily thing. Um, and it was kind of something that I didn't really view as a problem for quite some time. Uh, my life was still going along just fine. It was just something that was kind of in the background that I would do. And I was like, oh yeah, it's a, an herbal remedy. It's like how it's marketed, no big deal. Um, and that's essentially how I started and kind of where is that when I, when I first picked it up. And at that time, how many grams per day were you using and where were you buying it from? I was from just a local smoke shop. So, uh, again, that was 2014. So I think it, it was a whole lot less prevalent. I don't think it was in gas stations at that point. It wasn't um, as ubiquitous as it is these days. These days, it seems like any corner store you go into or something like that has poster and has some sort of creative product up at the front desk. So it wasn't that at all. Um, it was just at some uh, random smoke shop that, again, the girl I was dating at that time kind of introduced me to. So, okay. Yeah. And as far as grams per day, I couldn't really tell you. Um, it was just, you know, a couple teaspoons or something like that at that point. Okay. And when did you start noticing um, you wanted to change your relationship with it or you started questioning your use? Yeah. So what happened is I was kind of going along at, at that level for some time, never really noticed any withdrawal symptoms or anything like that. And then I moved, uh, changed cities. My job became more stressful. I started working even more hours. I was working, you know, these big, long 14, 15 hour days. Um, and it became a crutch, like a big crutch. Um, it was how the only way I could unwind. Um, and I think with addiction in general, or I've heard it described as like progressive narrowing of the things that bring you joy, or in this case, the uh -huh. things that bring you relief, I started kind of losing the natural coping mechanisms um, that I'd had for stress and for, um, you know, wanting to, to wind down and things like that. And I started just leaning on Kratom as really the only solution for that. So as I'd moved cities, I was, like I said, very stressed and the use just kind of picked up and it kept picking up. 
and I didn't really notice it was a problem for quite some time until I I stopped using it uh, for Scratch. And again, you hear the story a lot, whether you're on the Quitting Creative subreddit or you know just in general conversation with anyone who's used Kratom and, and had a problem with it. Um, essentially, the withdrawals kind of sneak up on you. Like, so I just stopped for a few days for whatever reason, went out of town or something like that, and just felt horrible with all the classic symptoms of you know shivers and uh, anhedonia and just not feeling great. And that's when I started to realize it was a problem. And did you find yourself uh, getting a tolerance and having to increase your use? Oh, yeah. So uh, when I moved cities and when the use started picking up, um, I essentially had a scale. Um, I think I'd had it for, you know, measuring out coffee or something like that. I started okay. using that because I wanted to determine, like, how much I was taking. Um, and I started ordering from online vendors at that point rather than just going to the corner store because I was like, hey, way more economical. Um, and I would measure it out. And I think I'd do about 10 grams at a time. Um, and at that point, I would just do it after work. Um, so it'd be like 10 grams right after work, um, do whatever I was doing. Um, and that was essentially it, usually once per day. Sometimes I think a second dose after that. But that was about the extent of it. Okay. And uh, what happened to make you, I know you quit multiple times. So what was the process the first time you quit? So like I said, I started to realize it was a problem, had some withdrawal symptoms. And ultimately, I think I had some the wherewithal and like some sense that it was a problem even without the, the, the withdrawal symptoms. I was becoming reliant on it um, in order to, to feel like normal and just to modulate my emotions. And I was trying to use like an external input to modulate like how I was feeling internally. And ultimately, like I think even at that point, I knew that that's not going to be a successful strategy in the long term. Um, so I kind of was like, all right, I got to make an effort at quitting, at quitting this. So I would stop and uh, I would say, all right, this is going to be my last time. And then the next day, pick it right back up. Usually it'd be, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours, something like that. And you just lie to yourself and fail so many times in a row. And you start to lose faith in, in your own ability to yeah. like trust what you say. So I'd make these commitments to myself. Be like, all right, tomorrow's the day. Get to the next morning, be like, well, just one more day. And I would keep doing that. And slowly, like, your, your trust in yourself erodes. Um, and I essentially got to the point where I was like, holy shit, like, I can't quit. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. I've never experienced this before, but I don't seem to be able to stop. And uh, did you seek help anywhere? Um, you know, not really. Uh, I think I finally found my way over to the Quitting Kratom Reddit. Uh, yeah. Because that's one of the things in that early period um, that I, I think made it uh, more of a struggle than um, if it would have been some other substance, to be honest. Um, if you're addicted to some sort of illicit substance, um, you know it's a problem. And it's uh, socially, like, this, there's a social sense that this is a problem. Like, if you're using opiates, abusing opiates or amphetamines or things like that, it's very clear that society says, hey, that is not something that's going to be productive. That's not something that's going to be beneficial to you. It's pretty clear that, like, if you go down, down that road too far, you're going to have problems. I did not have that sense with Kratom at all. Um, I it was billed to me as something that was like, hey, this is a natural, uh, relaxing substance that's really just going to kind of take the edge off. It's comparable to coffee. Everyone's heard that. Um, yeah. And that's not what it was. So I feel like it took me a lot longer to realize that it was becoming a problem um, 
than if it would have been something that was, you know, more widely known as being a detrimental um, thing to be involved with. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of people with that. Um, and then, I mean, a lot of products are marketed as beneficial. I mean, there's a whole, the booze industry promotes it as, mm-hmm. you know, so, but this substance that all, especially, I mean, it's unregulated for the most part mm-hmm. and it's, there's a, and the pro advocates insist that it's not addictive. Yeah. You, you know, you almost feel like you're gaslit a little bit. I mean, we Absolutely. have to take responsibility for ourselves, but there is something about the product, you know, like if it was sold at a dispensary, there would be like a, a cue that, you know, whoa, there's something here. And I just think, yes, we are responsible for our, our, our own inputs, the things that we do, we are responsible to do the research and make sure we're like cognizant of, of, of what we're putting into our bodies. But at the same time, I think there is some sort of like obligation um, for things that are harmful or potentially harmful or potentially addictive. Um, I think there should be some disclosure of that information or more transparent disclosure of that information. And that's why, you know, a lot of the regulated substances, like they have to have some sort of warning. Um, And I'm all for, you know, people um, having free use of the things that they are um, fully understanding of their, uh, of um, kind of the full implications of using whatever substance it is. Like if things have been disclosed and you still willingly make a decision, like that's up to you. I don't, I don't believe it's anyone else's um, prerogative to control all of the things that we do, but I do think transparent disclosure is super important. Um, and I, I don't feel like that's, uh, that I got what I was sold. I, I would say in that initial phase. Uh, so when did you have your first successful quit? So the big one was 2018. Um, so like I said, I started in like late 2014, early 2015. And uh, first successful quit was 2018. Um, that's where I was like, all right, I really need to put like a ton of effort into this. This isn't a little problem anymore. I kept trivializing it again for a lot of the reasons that we just talked about. Um, uh, I kept trivializing how uh, impactful it was to my life. I mean, like, yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, it's not really that harming my life that much. Like, I'm not spending that much money. Like, everything else is still going all right. Um, but I finally got to the point in 2018 where I was like, no, this is a big deal. This is undermining my happiness. It's undermining uh, my sense of well-being. I'm completely reliant on the substance, and I need to stop. Um, and I was getting some, uh, like, mild physical symptoms at that point, like, I would be nauseous just because the, the dose had to be fairly high. I'd get vertigo sometimes, like you'd take a little too much or it, it just would work a different way a certain day and I'd get dizzy and couldn't see straight. And I was like, yeah, these are pretty negative effects and I'm not really getting too much of the positive anymore. Like it's important that I quit. So like I said, 2018, I made a very concerted effort and it was hard. It was really hard. I found my way to the, the quitting creative subreddit, which was endlessly helpful because uh, it made me feel not so alone. Because um, for yeah. so long, I was like, man, like to your point earlier, like felt like I was being gaslit a little bit. And that I was like, I feel like I've never heard of the substance outside of just these few like smoke shops and things like that. It's everyone saying it's just a mild uh, herbal substance. It's going to like just make you feel okay. And I feel like I'm horribly addicted to this. And I felt very alone um, in that process. Yes. Until I found quitting quitting Kratom, I was like, at that point, I think there's 15,000 members, something like that. 
I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like other people struggle with this. I'm not the only one out there dealing with this. I started reading through a lot of posts. I started looking at the daily check-in thread. Being like, oh, this is what I'm experiencing. This is natural. It's an addictive substance. I'm going to have to put a lot of effort into quitting this because I'm actively addicted right now. Um, and so that's what I did in 2018, uh, I think April. Very difficult. I had to like put every bit of willpower and effort I had into it. Um, but I managed to quit and stay off it for a year at that point. And did you do cold turkey or a taper? Cold turkey. Just, I, I'm kind of an all or nothing person, it seems like. Um, and I think a lot of people that struggle with addiction are. Um, it's a lot easier for me to go like full bore. And that's with whatever I'm doing, positive or negative or not at all. Um, so I was, I, I think maybe I considered a taper at first and like, I was just like, nope, I'm just going to cut it right here. I'm going like all or nothing, nothing, and just stopped. Um, and I used a bunch of different tools to quit, but tapering was not one of them. And uh, just briefly, what were some of the best tools you used? Uh, so I think writing out intentions was really important to me. Um, and then very detailed planning in the way that I was going to quit. So, uh, And you'll see a lot of po these kinds of posts on Quitting Kratom, and a lot of people suggest this as well as a strategy. Um, essentially to write out the reasons that you want to quit and be very clear. Um, and then I also found it impactful to write down the reasons that I thought Kratom was a benefit to my life. Um, and then kind of really think about them in detail and determine whether that was really too, true or if that was just a story I was making up. And going down the list of things, like everything that I thought was a benefit um, had a, essentially turned on me and was causing me more grief than when I started with Kratom. And then there were all these very clear disbenefits, things like nausea and vertigo and all the things I mentioned before. So that was super impactful, just making sure my intentions were clear. And then, like I said, super detailed planning. Um, for me, that's um, that's very helpful. I don't know if it's a tool that everyone would, would like to use, but I essentially will plan out my entire day or I would plan out um, any uh, situation I could foresee that was going to be difficult. I would plan it out exactly. like. Um, I found that after work was a triggering time for me because that's when I'd historically dose. I'd say, all right, right when I get home from work, I'm going to go in. I'm going to grab, you know, my gym bag, my workout clothes. Um, I'm going to eat a snack. The snack's going to be exactly this. I'm going to head out the door. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out from this time to this time. You go home and take a shower and that level of detail. And then all there was to do was follow the list. There's nothing to think about. Like, this is what the plan is. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I did that for quite some time, probably a few weeks, just planned out all my activities that way. And after those few weeks, you start to feel a little bit more comfortable. You start to develop a little bit more trust in yourself, um, or I started to develop more trust in myself. Um, and then I could go longer stretches without having to have that sort of like very detailed planning and, and strategy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was one of the big tools I used. Yeah, that, that those are good suggestions. Uh, and now I, I, Knowing your story, um, you found yourself uh, back taking Kratom. How, how did that happen? Yeah, so um, I think the, one of the main reasons, because essentially I, I slipped up and used it one time about a year out. It's actually 364 days out, as funny as that is. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't self-sabotage. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I actually happened to be, so I moved again after that, again for work. Um, and I happened to be back in the city. Um, where I had, like the first one I'd moved to, that kind of triggered my increased use. Um, yeah. And so when I was back there, um, it just kind of caught me out of nowhere. I really wasn't 
struggling with cravings anymore. I thought I was through it. I was at, at the point where I was like, oh man, like that was a big struggle. Glad I'm past that. He's like, nope, wasn't quite done with me yet. So um, I used just a single time um, when I was back in that city just for a few days. Um, and then uh, it, I didn't use it again, I think for another year. Um, okay. Yeah. So there was a, a whole year off after that. Again, it was like a single time slip up, but um, yeah, I started back at zero. Did you find yourself back to daily use again? No. Um, nope. So I had about a year off and then I used it again. I don't really know what the trigger was at that point. Um, I think even after having a year off and then having a single time use that plants a seed and that tells yourself that like you can slip up again, there's some part of you, some part of your subconscious that knows like, if you tell yourself the right story, you will use it again. Um, and I think that was kind of going on in the background for the next, you know, however long until I slipped up again. Um, and then I slipped up again um, and it didn't feel quite as devastating as that first use back after a year. Because like that first use back after a year felt horrible. I, I didn't enjoy the experience. I okay. felt horrible, horrible about the fact that I slipped up. Um, it really, I was like, I'm never doing that again. But yeah. At some point, like I say, that plants a seed for future use. And that's why I think it's so important to keep track of days and have some sense of where you're at and know that you're not ever 100 percent out of the woods. And you have to like ensure that like a single use uh, doesn't happen because that leads to multiple uses in, the, in a lot of cases, almost every case. And does that bring us back to your most recent quit to March uh, 25th, 23? So, no. So there was a year out and then essentially another year out and then probably another year off. So in those from 2018 until 2022, I probably used it just those two times. And then in 2022, I started traveling for work and then occasionally I'd go out of town um, and I'd be in a city where it was even more prevalent and then the city that I live in, uh, yeah. I'd be traveling, I'd see signs everywhere. Um, and for the first couple months of traveling, like I, I was doing fine. And then I don't know, maybe I was just kind of, you know, lonely from traveling from work and being away from my wife and all of that. Um, and there wasn't even any major circumstance that led to my use, but I was like, ah, maybe I'll just try Kratom again. And I, I think there was this sense that it's like, all right, I had problems with it in the past. Um, I haven't had a problem in, you know, four or five years. I think I'm through that. I can manage it responsibly. I told myself the classic, like responsible use lie. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we used it while I was out of town. And then the next work trip, I used it again. And then the next work trip, I used it again. Um, and it was never daily use. It'd just be a couple times when I would be out of town, maybe one or two times per month. Um, but then it was slowly increasing. And it was like two or three times per month and then three or four times per month. And then that all led to 2023, like March of 2023. And uh, I had about a week of daily daily use, um, something like that, maybe eight days. And I was like, okay. and, and I caught myself and I was like, holy shit, this is about to become a problem again. So I was like, I'm going to double down. I'm going to put the same effort into this as I did with my first quit. Um, I'm going to use all the tools that I learned that first go around. Um, and I did. I started, you know, checking in on quitting Kratom subreddit every day. I started planning out my days. I started like writing the reasons that I needed to quit and reaffirming the fact that like no responsible use is not a, uh, it's not a thing for me. And that was 67 days ago. And here I am now. 
great. And I, I first learned from you this concept of kindling. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked it up and, you know, there's been studied in alcoholics and it's this idea that when you quit a substance, um, later quits can uh, have compounded withdrawal symptoms in short. What is your perspective on this? Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. Um, Cause like I said, daily use wasn't really a thing for me since 2018. Like for those years, like when I first started using heavily between 2014 and 2018, I was using a lot and I was using consistently and I was using it daily. But since then, it was just periodic ending with, like I said, a little over a week of daily use. And I still got withdrawal effects from that, which I, you know, it's someone who was totally naive to the drug would not get withdrawal effects after seven, eight days of use. Um, I had just a short, but like fairly severe um, stretch of, of withdrawals that only lasted a couple of days, but I had the complete insomnia where I didn't sleep a minute an entire night. It was hot and cold. My nose was running um, all of the classic symptoms. And that was after just over a week of use. So not a scientist or anything like that. Um, but I definitely experienced that sort of effect that I would not have expected with that short, short of consistent use. Yeah. Like, I don't know the, the, physiology as to why that would happen. It could be totally psychological, but that's just, you know, my experience. Yeah. I mean, I've heard similar stories from other quitters that have um, relapsed and then their, their later quits were worse. And, and some of them were using much more higher dosages and using for a much longer time a daily. And it, it seemed exponentially Worse, but it is just anecdotal. Yeah, this isn't a scientific proof, but it it it, it kind of gels with the stories you hear. Um, what is uh, the worst thing that you felt that kratom had in your life? Like the worst consequence, negative consequence? Yeah, I just started to withdraw a lot in in general um, from my life. Um, and again, I said it early in the conversation, but I really feel like the definition of addiction that resonates most with me is a progressive narrowing of the things that bring you joy. Um, and I could really feel that happening. Um, like I'm a very active person. Um, I'm usually fairly social. Um, and generally I think by just naturally have a fairly friendly demeanor. And a lot of that started going away. It started eroding. Um, and I started to spend a lot more time at home and a lot more time alone. And I wanted to find ways to get back home so I could use Kratom. And that was a problem. And it started to really impact my quality of life. Um, it really did. Um, like I'd say, I never spent a ton of money on it. I never um, had like serious, significant health effects. But the quality of my life definitely decreased. And it decreased for quite some time. And then there was a lot of mental anguish around the process of quitting. I spent so many days and weeks and months just like trying to quit and failing at quitting, trying to quit and failing at quitting. And it was just a lot of anguish. And um, I don't know. I think I learned a lot from that experience, but I don't think I needed that in my life. Yeah. And um, have you had any other similar experiences with anything else? Nope. I've never, I mean, outside of nicotine, I had and caffeine. I still drink coffee, but outside of nicotine, I've never been addicted to anything else. I've never had problems with any other substances. And I've actually used other substances responsibly. Like, um, I'm, and you didn't have a compulsion to use them. Mm-mm. Uh, like, I don't drink anymore, but it's just because I don't really enjoy it. I've never had a problem with drinking. I would always drink socially and never went overboard. Um, um, I just, 
yeah, I haven't had any compulsion to, to use them. And I think the big thing with, with Kratom was just the accessibility. It was just everywhere. Um, and I didn't really like reinforce the gravity of, of how serious addiction was with Kratom like I would have with other drugs, like I said. So um, yeah. it was just easy to get. Didn't feel like there was a major disbenefit until I was in pretty deep. Um, and it just made it really easy to develop a problem with it. Have you ever stopped drinking coffee and with, had withdrawal from that? Oh yeah. And how would you compare that to the Kratom? Oh, it's nothing. You're tired for a few days. If you stop drinking coffee, it's like, I, I've taken months off from coffee and it's a few days. You don't feel great. You're a little tired maybe in the mornings. And at least for me, that's all I experience no big deal. And then after a week or so, I don't even really think about it anymore. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not really that difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm constantly here from other places that, you know, getting off Kratom is a little bit like coffee. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seems seems really ridiculous. For me, Kratom was such a strange thing too, because I feel like I'm I'm a person who has a lot of willpower and a lot of self-control in most things I do. Um, and it was one of the few avenues where I just could not control my behavior. Like no matter how hard I tried, I could not white knuckle it. I could not use it responsibly. It took me a lot of time in telling myself that like I would be able to control my use and I would be able to use it responsibly and failing at that to actually realize that like this is a problem and I cannot use this not even once. Yeah. Um, well, on a happy note, like, um, What's some of the best things about quitting Kratom for you? Yeah, so a lot of that, like I said, withdrawing from life and um, struggling to like find joy in things outside of Kratom. I mean, everything came back um, and it came back like fairly quickly um, for me. Um, I know there's been a lot of people that have used a lot higher doses and it takes a lot more time or um, a lot more uh, kind of struggling before they feel back to normal. But everything kind of came back. My motivation to do things came back. Um, we've talked about this like leading up to the interview, but I'm a fairly high level athlete. Um, I'm a, a rock climber. Um, and I spend a lot of time pursuing it, um, at like about as high as you can get recreationally. Um, so I spend a lot of time training for that and doing very dedicated training, like things in the gym. Um, and I track a lot of it, like my, my strength measurements and different exercises and different things that are impactful. And, a lot of those were plateaued for a long time when I was on Kratom. Um, and when I stopped, um, I did uh, pretty readily. I, I got to new personal bests in a lot of those things. Like my strength metrics went up, my performance in- increased. Um, I just felt like I was more focused in the training sessions I had. And that was a major, major benefit. Um, and that just a lot of good things have fallen into place after quitting Kratom as well. Um, just again, I think by nature of reengaging with life and being more involved and not spending a lot of my time pursuing a, a drug that really didn't give me anything. Like since then I've gotten married, I've moved and really enjoyed where I'm living. My life's just kind of developed in the, in a positive way that I think would have been reduced to some degree if I would have stayed on Kratom. Um, did you use any other um, supports uh, to quit Kratom other than subreddit? No, that was my primary one. Honestly, like I've talked with uh, friends about it, uh, but no one really, uh, had no one that I know really has much in the way of direct experience. Uh, I have actually come across a few people that aren't close friends, just acquaintances 
that have problems with Kratom. Um, and I've actually okay. had those conversations. It's just people like friends of friends um, that I've seen using yeah. it. And just in everyday life, I have come across some other people that are like severely addicted to it. But as far as close friends, um, I've definitely been open with with certain friends about my use and they've been supportive. Um, but I would say uh, the biggest uh, asset and the biggest tool that I used um, was the subreddit quitting Kratom. Yeah. I, I've been asking people in my personal life, I just say, do you, have you ever heard of Kratom? And I think the last 10 people I've asked didn't know what it was. So yeah. it, it, it is pretty fringe at some level, but it it's is. becoming more popular. Yeah. Um, all right. A couple more questions. Um, what is your best advice for someone getting ready to quit Kratom? Um, I think for me, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is just come up with a plan, like know what you're going to be doing. Um, understand that it's going to be difficult and the physical withdrawals are going to be tough for a few days. Um, and just like really reaffirm your reasons why you're quitting and come up with a plan and just realize it's going to suck. Um, and whatever method you choose, whether it's tapering, whether it's cold turkey, there's just no way around it. It's probably going to suck. Um, and you just got to get through it and stick with the plan that you make. Do you have like a personal go-to song? Uh, or a music engineer that you listen to um, when you're having a bad day? Oh, I listen to a ton of music. Uh, so I do have some some songs written down, some things that I really like. Um, and it depends. Like, there's, I feel like there's a, I, I get a weird melancholy and sadness when I when I quit. I just feel kind of down. And for some reason, yeah. I like to just go full bore and lean into it. And so I listen to a lot of sad music, honestly, when I'm quitting. I don't know if that's going to be everyone's deal, but yeah, there's there's some songs. I really like Julian Baker and most of her music's pretty sad, uh, but it just sounds really good and, and comforting to me um, when I'm with, in, in withdrawals, whether it's cute or, you know, in the long term, if I'm just feeling down, um, I kind of like to just go whole hog into that and just like feel the sadness in a way. And then I kind of come out yeah. of it and feel better. It's actually the opposite advice of my last guest, and it's yeah. very valid. It's good. You yeah. know? Um, um, and last, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap up things? Yeah. Um, so there's just quite a bit I've noticed, you know, in the time I've spent on the Quitting Kratom subreddit and a lot of a lot of similar stories and um, a lot of support going out there. And so, like, ultimately, I'm. I'm super thankful for that as a resource and it's been something that um i think has given me a ton and i hope i've been able to contribute some that's helped others out um but i've seen some common stories and a lot of them are you know people getting through the acutes you get to like a month out you start to feel really confident um then you see these people drop off and then a month or so later you see them back there or you know six months later and it's like well feeling good. I was feeling good. I didn't feel like I needed the subreddit anymore. Um, I wasn't really craving Kratom anymore and, and thought I would be, you know, fine. And then lo and behold, got back on the horse, took a few uh, like months of use, and now they're back on the subreddit. So I would say, uh, I think some good advice is to really stick with it. Um, and even when you don't feel like you need to check in, even when you don't feel like you need to be involved, like just spend a little time every so often and check in. Um, the times I've had slip ups or when I've been in that exact same mental state where I've said like, I don't know that I really need this anymore. I'm feeling confident. I don't have cravings. And that's when they kind of sneak up on me. Um, so I, the thing I notice is my brain's just constantly making up stories um, as to why I should use Kratom or 
um, why there there is some sort of logical reason that that would be the right choice. And that's just kind of constantly going on in the background. And I feel like my subconscious is just like constantly like making up these stories. And for the most part, I'm able to like take them, like rationally say, no, that's not a good idea for some reason, for whatever reason. Um, and then avert the use. But every once in a while, there's a story where my brain will say, hey, maybe that is valid. And that's when the use happens. So I think it's a really powerful tool to be cognizant of those background thoughts going on um, and not get too swept away with, uh, with them or realize that sometimes you will get swept away with them, but that doesn't mean you have to use. Um, so that's been one of the most powerful real realizations I've had with addiction is like, my brain's going to constantly try to justify my use. And I just need to know that that's going to be the case. And sometimes it's almost going to feel logical that I should use. But I've like affirmed, I've written these reasons why it's important that I quit. I can you know, have these tools in front of me, like going to quitting Kratom or making a very detailed plan or, or what have you. And I can use those tools to avert the use. And even if it seems like it's logical, it's not. Um, and I think it's important to have that ammo ready to go to say like, this is how I'm going to refute those stories. My brain is inevitably going to tell me. Yeah. I mean, trying to create a, a identity is, you know, abstaining from Kratom. Um, but you need to have some kind of ongoing reinforcement. I mean, obviously we don't want to be spending very much time thinking about Kratom. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to find a balance where it's not part of your life anymore, but you're having a way to, have reality checks with some of your internal dialogue and, you know, going to the subreddit is one way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that was just a concept that I'd never really had to learn before. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a weird thing to get your head around because you, uh, you want to think that your brain's logical. And we all, I think, to some degree, uh, want to think that our thoughts are rational. But it's a powerful, powerful realization to know that sometimes you're going to have completely irrational thoughts um, and you're going to get swept up in them. Um, and you have to be prepared and you have to have a plan as to how you're going to deal with those when they come up. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thanks a lot. Yeah. And thank you. Same here. Kratom in the news from law.com. Lawyers are using addictive substance to improve their edge. Watchdogs issue alert. The article reads in part, serving as the director of the North Carolina Lawyer Assistance Program, Robin Moriathes said they are treating lawyer reports of Kratom use like any other substance abuse by connecting members with clinical resources. But unlike other self-reported substance abuse, he said the swift onset of Kratom addiction appeared to catch users off guard. With this first case of Kratom we saw, it's not what I would consider a stereotypical substance abuse case, Moretti said. In many of our substance abuse cases, the lawyer started while in law school or even before. In this one, the lawyer was stunned to discover he or she would not kick it because it starts as like a five-hour energy drink kind of thing. Because of the common competitive predisposition that predominates the legal sector, Marty said that many lawyers are drawn to Kratom as a means to improve their edge, stand them up, productivity, and focus. They don't actually go shopping for a high, she said. They're just trying to function. It's not even that they feel euphoria from it. They feel better, more efficient, and, and when they start using it regularly, and then they can't function without it.
resource of the week, I want to recommend a YouTube video just simply entitled Kratom. It is by the Well Now Doctor. Also, his name is Ken Landau, MD. If you're looking for a basic medical overview of Kratom, there's this great neutral video from a brilliant doctor talking off the top of his head. He gives a short but comprehensive historical, social, and science background to Kratom that explains the substance in about 23 minutes. It is worth watching just to see him speak. He really recommends caution when using the substance. Beware, at one point he recommends taking it with lemon and honey because of its bitter taste. I'll put the link in the notes. This brings us to the end. Thanks for listening. To get a shout out for a Kratom anniversary on air, or if you want to share something for a future show, please leave a voice message at 313-437-7720 or send an email or audio file to kratomsobriety at gmail.com. We are also at Kratom Sobriety on Instagram, Facebook, or Twiddle. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. I'm going to leave that blooper in. But until next week, keep it Kratom free. Yeah.